Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris or Velosos, and you're listening to So Over 50 Thursday on So Organized Style Podcast. Grab a cuppa for today's podcast with Maria or finish scenes. So Organized Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognizes the continuing connection to lands, waters, and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. A big sponsor shout out goes to our two podcast friends and sponsors. The Australian Sewing Guild, who has been our Monday Daily Series regular, is now a sponsor of Sew Organised Style Podcast. Go to ozsew.org to check out the online workshops, sew-alongs, skills library and more. Our second sponsor is Tatiana's School of Couture as she launches it online. Go to her website to see her new online sewing classes and patterns. Thanks for letting us into your sewing room today. Today's Sew for 50 guest has loved to sew and is really particular with how each project is sewn. Maria or finished seams keeps her sewing true to her taste and her lifestyle needs. Thank you for your time today. My pleasure. Maria, welcome to Sew Organised Styles Sew Over 50 Thursday today. Thank you. I'm so happy and honoured that you asked me to join you on this podcast. You're welcome. I've followed your sewing for many, many years, Maria, under the name of Finished Seams. So would you like to let our listeners know how you came about that name? Okay. Before I joined the Instagram community, I was already blogging about my sewing projects. It was around the same time when I joined PatternReview.com. The name of my blog is finished scenes. So I thought when I joined the Instagram, I thought I would focus also on my sewing projects and leave out other personal or family matters to Facebook. So I thought it was a good idea to use the same name as my sewing blog. So there's like a continuity and it also reflects what the Instagram page is going to be all about. Mm -hmm. And in a way, the finished seams reflects, not only does it reflect something about me as a, as a sewist, because I'm meticulous and I want everything well finished inside and out. It also means finished seams, so the garments are already done. So it's more like a sewing diary or an album, sort of. That's the beauty of following your blog, is you show the whole process both inside and out and the finished garment. And it always looks meticulous. Oh, thank you. I didn't know you were also following my blog. Yeah. Sometimes I write my blog post and I think, hmm, is anybody reading my posts? <laughs> and then sometimes I would think, should I still continue blogging? Mm. But then I realized sometimes there would be people who would send me messages and say how helpful some of my posts have been. So that drives me to continue doing what I'm doing. It doesn't matter if a lot of people are reading it or just one person is reading it. But as long as somebody benefits from it, aside from me, then it's worth, you know, doing the extra effort to write about my sewing process. Thank you for keeping that up too. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Can you describe to our listeners where you live? Okay, I live in Missouri 
in a small city. It has a, like an urban, suburban vibe to it. You know, it's not very big. It's just like 2.5 square miles. But it holds a thriving business district. It's home to a uh, top-rated university. And it has a nice residential area. And I would say the population is diverse. So it's really a nice place to raise a young family. And it's also like very walkable and biker-friendly and runner-friendly. That's what I like about this place. And at the same time, we're centrally located that it's so easy to access the bigger cities nearby if I need to go fabric shopping or things like that, (laughs) which is very important. The important things. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What has motivated you to sew? Well, I learned to sew at a young age. Back then, it was more for the pleasure of doing the craft because when I was around six or seven, I would watch my mom. She would sew our house curtains on the treadle sewing machine. I guess you know that are you, you're familiar with that, the yes. old style sewing yes. machine. Yeah. And then I would just stand there beside her while she would be sewing. And most of the time, my task was just to re There's a belt that connects the sewing hand wheel to the bottom. Yeah. And it would always come off the wheel. And my job was to just reattach that belt. I didn't sew then, but I knew that I wanted to do it. And then I had the chance in high school when we had uh, home economics classes and sewing was one of the things offered. And that's where I learned how to sew. And then I stopped in college, but then resumed when I had kids. And uh, what motivated me then was to sew nice clothes for my daughter and matching shirts and pants for my son. So It was mainly for my family that I was motivated to keep on sewing. But now that both of them are young adults, my main motivation is actually for an outlet for creativity. And the latest capsule wardrobe that you've done for Pattern Review, that is a true reflection of your creativity because there are so many beautiful pieces that you've pulled together that you've sewn and look great together. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So the endless combinations, there was one top in particular, it was a Nanny, a Nana Iro fabric. Mm-hmm. Nanny Iro fabric, yeah. Nanny Iro, sorry, yep. Could you describe the process that you went through? Because it looks like a very simple top, but it reflects who you are and what you love about sewing. Well, because the premise of that contest first, I have to explain it, but, uh, the endless combination is we start with one garment first. It could be a top or a bottom. It could be a cardigan or something. So you start with one and then the next item you sew should go with the previously sewn one and so on and so forth. It was not required for you that all the pieces would go together, which is typical in a wardrobe contest competition. This one's like A goes with B, B goes with C, C goes with D, and so forth and so on. So when I made that endless combination, I started with a fabric stash. I pulled them all together, the ones that inspired me most based on the color and the print. And the first one on my collection was the Nani Iro top. 
it was a simple top, but I thought I would let the print and the fabric shine. So by choosing something with simple lines, I was able to show off the fabric and let it shine on its own. And then after that, I just chose based on the color because the fabric had several colors in it. I just chose one of the solids that would go with it for the bottom. And so I went with the linen pants. And then I auditioned different pants pattern for that. And I thought I'd try something that I've never used before so that the contest itself would not only be an exercise in creativity, but also in expanding my repertoire of pants collection. Because I have some tried and tested patterns. I wanted to try something new. So that's how I chose the pattern for the pants. And then for the others, I decided not to stick to like, you know, when if you notice the first top had more of a pink brown coloration. Yeah. And then the pants that was paired with it was in a shade of pink. So I tried not to stick to all pink, but gradually go towards the other colors in my stash. And they all had warm tones to them. So I was able to pull them together, even though they did not necessarily belong to the same shade. So I had some shades of yellow and brown in the collection and some tans, I think, and the neutrals, the beige and all that. Because you did a Starlark jacket in the beige yeah, the style arc, yeah. yeah. It was like a waterfall jacket. I thought that was neutral enough to go with the other garments in the collection. I tried to stay away from black because my collection was more of spring-summer vibe to it. And my last top had some black on the yoke, but making the black cardigan I thought was too formal or something like that. Mm. So I tried to make it more in the same feel as the rest of the garments yeah it's a cohesive collection oh thank you and it's all from your stash so you didn't have to go anywhere to buy the fabric because you'd already done that yeah you know the contest in pattern review are really a great way to motivate you to sew through your stash you know it's like it gives you a, a more of a purpose or a guide to what to sew so it's really helpful I think yeah and you also won one of the previous sewing bees on patent review as well. Uh, yeah, that was last year, 2019. Seemed like a long time ago. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. So when you did sewing bee, that was a very short period of time that you had to do every single piece. Yeah, in the sewing bee, most of the time we just got 10 days. Sometimes it would be seven, seven to 10 days to finish or complete a challenge. So there were four challenges in all. And then you find out about the challenge a week before. And then you have more or less seven to 10 days to complete it. And then the judges will decide who moves forward to the next round. And every time you got notification that you moved into the next round, how did you feel? That's the most exciting part about sewing. It's like, so everyone waits for the announcement and they won't tell you what time of day they will announce it. So you're glued to the, you know, the website. You keep refreshing it. Is there an announcement? No. 
sometimes it would be end of the day before you find out. So the whole day you're like, you can't do much because you're thinking about it. And then once you find out your name is in it, you know, you nervously look at the list, look down the list for your names. Such a feeling of relief and excitement. Yeah. It's really different the way the sewing has been set up. It's like so different. That's why it's so much fun and stressful at the same time. It is. I mean, I only got through two rounds uh-huh. right at the beginning. So I very much appreciate those people who have gone from round one through to the finals. That's a lot of work. Yeah, you were in the first sewing B2, right? Was it the first one? The first and the second. So that's why I really think that you're quite a skilled sewer. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I think I grew a lot from joining those competitions like that because Comparing the first sewing bee I joined and then the last one, which I won. In the first sewing bee, I, the final challenge was to sew a pair of pants. And that was my first time sewing a pair of pants for myself. I've always avoided sewing because I thought it was so hard to fit. But then the sewing bee makes you face your fears and forces you to sew something that you may have avoided sewing before. So... It's also a good thing. It is. So moving on to Sew Over 50, how have you appreciated being in the Sew Over 50 community on Instagram? Oh, the Sew Over 50, when I first heard about it, that was two years ago, I was so excited because, wow, finally here is a group that I can join because it would be a group of like-minded people who are same, more or less same age as me. Because in Instagram, it's so easy to get lost in a platform like that, which is driven by celebrities, influencers, and the younger people. You know, even in real life, at our age, sometimes we become invisible to others. So I really appreciate the So Over 50 because it gave me a sense of belonging, even though it's an online community. And it's it's like a place where you can safely interact with you know like-minded people and I've noticed also it has grown tremendously I mean what started as an age-designated group has become more than that it they have started educating us fellow sewists through their tutorials and then they also have challenges that are helpful guidelines or ways for others to participate in so it has made the experience in, in Instagram more enjoyable and worthwhile. There's a lot of teaching of the technology on how to use Instagram with their stories for us as well, which is lovely. Yeah, that's true. Like uh, how to use stories, how to use hashtags, because sometimes we don't have people we can ask, how does this work? Yeah. And so we avoid, you know, um, some embarrassing mistakes. <laughs> exactly. Maria, what would you advise listeners who are thinking about joining the Sale Over 50 community? Well, I think I highly recommend that they check out Instagram account of the Sale Over 50 and they'll find out the community is a group of like-minded people and they're so welcoming and supportive of other sewists. I mean, when you post your sewn garments on Instagram, the Sew Over 50 community is always there to 
encourage you by, you know, they like your posts and all that. And they post positive comments. And they also encourage you to do the same to the other members of the community. So it's really worth checking into and joining the So Over 50 community. They're there for you, you know, 24-7 because it's a global community. Oh, yeah. That's one other thing. Like You meet people from other countries, not just the ones in your own country. And you become familiar with, I mean, they, they show you other activities that you probably are not participating in, you know, what's going on in other places other than your own community. And it was one other thing I was going to mention about the Sober 50. It's like making online friends. And even though you don't meet them in real life, but you see them on Instagram, it's like you actually know them. So it's something good, especially during these times when we're, we can be isolated and our social interaction has significantly uh, gone down. So it's really good for our mental health too. So thank you, Sober 50, for being there for us while we've been in social isolation as well. Yeah, thank you, Sober 50. <laughs> Maria, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been really great to meet you in person because you do a lot of these challenges on pattern review and you make it look so easy, but you put a lot of work into every single piece and thank you for sharing those makes on your blog. It's really great that you're still putting those pieces up because they're very good for our own research if we want to do, you know, similar types of work. Thank you so much. And it's really encouraging hearing that from you because, you know, sometimes we don't always feel the urge to write about our process. But then if you know that if this will help even one soloist who's having problems with a particular project, it makes it all worth it. And I also have known about you from pattern review. So I know that you're an expert, you know, in the couture methods and I admire you for that. I try. <laughs> I try to apply <laughs> couture methods as well. Thank you so much, Maria. And thank you for being an online friend and for being on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much. My pleasure. Have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of Soul Ganar Style Podcast for Sober 50 Thursday was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Maria Yap. Sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to Soul Ganar Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, and from all good podcast distributors. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.